You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And good afternoon, and welcome to America's Web Radio. And um, we've got On Point with Victor coming up. But before we go to Victor, I wanted to uh, relay a couple of messages, uh, things that are happening here. Many of you know the name of Dr. Sapphire. And uh, Dr. Sapphire is on Fox & Friends, Nicole Sapphire. And she's written a book, Let's Make America Healthy Again. And uh, we're going to be interviewing her. She's going to be on America's Web Radio at 10 minutes after 10 on May the 7th. So write that down and um, put it in your book that we're going to be doing that. And uh, we'd appreciate you tuning in. And I think... uh, You'll enjoy what she has to say considerably, as a matter of fact. A uh, very interesting lady and a very nice lady, I might add. Uh, she has uh, been charming to work with and uh, is just uh, just super. Anyway, beyond that, we're also uh, doing something. I was sick yesterday when I got the call that... Um, the Johns Creek Healing Wall, which is a 50% replica of the Vietnam Veterans Wall in Washington, D.C. The uh, Johns Creek Healing Wall is the wall that traveled all over the United States as a replica and uh, helped so many people put closure in their lives. They found their friends' names. They found this. They found that. And uh, Johns Creek bought it a couple of years ago, and uh, they have Newtown Park in Johns Creek. That's the location of the wall, and they've done a fantastic job. Colonel Mike Mazell, retired, uh, has been in charge of it. He's the uh, president of of um, the Johns Creek Veterans Military Veterans Association in Johns Creek, and has done a super job on. Uh, getting it put together and so forth so um anyway uh, i was sick to find out yesterday that over this past weekend it had been vandalized and um so america's web radio came forward and uh, we have put up an award a reward for information leading to the arrest of and conviction of those responsible for the for the vandalism And if you're a veteran, particularly a Vietnam veteran, you know exactly what that wall means. I'm a Vietnam veteran, era veteran, and uh, I've looked at it from the standpoint of I've gone to it, and there's so many friends that uh, I've lost and that are on the wall. And uh, it has brought closure to many a family and many many a man that... uh, has gone to the wall. So if you're interested in donating, you're welcome to. If not, uh, we're going to find the people that did that. We're going to catch them. They know we're going to catch them. And uh, we've got the reward going, and I'm I'm happy to say that there are a number of businesses that have already given <clears throat> or pledged, uh, one of them being um, Morgan Specialty Products. And uh, you might want to check them out the way, on the website. And uh, we've got a number of other businesses that have pledged, and we'll go into detail on those as they let us. 
Some of them wanted to and some of them didn't. But uh, we're going to catch the people that vandalize the healing wall. They deserve to be caught. With that being said, it's time. And, you know, I've got to apologize. I was sitting here talking and I've been looking and I can't find it offhand. I don't know why exactly, but somehow that sucker, where's Tuesday? That's live radio. Tuesday has it happens gone off the board. I, that's why I can't find it because Tuesday ain't here. Well, with coronavirus, we're all forgetting what day. There's Tuesday. What's it doing way down there? I wonder. Oh well, <laughs> we found it, and we're going to go with it. <laughs> And welcome, folks. Oh, I love it every time I hear that music. It just makes me smile. But uh, welcome, welcome, folks. This is uh, On Point with Victor, as David mentioned. Uh, You are listening to America's Web Radio. This is On Point with Victor, and I am Victor Armendariz. And if you are watching us through YouTube, I have gotten word that uh, you may only be seeing the top of my head. So I, of course, told our IT producer, and he told me promptly, sit on a phone book. <laughs> so, so Better than what this, he might could have said, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it could be worse. Uh, this is these these are the wonderful people that I work with here at America's Web Radio. But uh, it's always fun, folks. You know, I usually carry a uh, milk crate around with me just for these occasions when I need to elevate myself just a little bit more. Uh, all right, folks, <laughs> we got a lot to get to today. Um, Make sure, though, uh, let me go ahead and mention this. Make sure you visit americaswebradio.com. Look at all the shows coming up, especially the guests that will be coming up, as David mentioned. Um, just just lots of good stuff happening. So um, we are a big family here and lots of uh, fun things to see and, and watch and listen to. So, all right, do that. And if you have any questions, you can always uh, reach me at victor at americaswebradio.com, victor at americaswebradio.com. You know I love to hear from you. Uh, you guys can interact with me now. I know many of you do and many of you are. So, all right, let's get rolling. Uh, you know, I, you know, this is another one of those times when it's just I have to just go back and forth on where do I start, where do I begin. You know, it's it's not hard to do show prep these days because with the daily, I, you know, I'm going to be nice, but with the onslaught of of fake stories uh, for taking Trump out of context and and whatever else the media can do. Uh, You know, look, folks, the media's number one job, I know it seems like their number one job is to make fun of Trump and make fun of conservatives and and all those things, but but their number one job is to try and keep ratings. And that's why you see a lot of this craziness that goes on with the media. Uh, They're just trying to get, you know, what, what is the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. So we are going to have to take a step back at some point, and we're going to have to analyze for ourselves and use some common sense and, and, and of course, the real data and use some critical thinking on what's going on with the the virus, the corona, the Wuhan, whatever you want to call it. Uh, because when it comes to the livelihood of Americans and the American people, uh, we're going to have to open <laughs> the spigot. Uh, we are going to have to turn on what is the United States engine. Uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, I, 
if you if you watch the news this past weekend, if you if you pay attention at all, and, and look, I don't blame you if you're turning some of this stuff off. I really don't blame you. I, I did not mind at all that Trump said he's going to start uh, not having some of these uh, end of the day uh, press conferences, so we can have two hours of more Corona. Uh, you know, I get it. I really do. And, and if you're turning some of this stuff off, I don't blame you. Uh, but if you are hearing things, you may be hearing things, you may have a group of friends that, that just want to update you every five seconds on what's going on. And so if you are, you're, you're noticing now, you may notice that the Democrat Party, today's Democrat Party, and the lamestream media are on a full-on assault on freedom. I mean, they really are. Uh, this, this is no longer... And, and honestly, I will, and yes, I will do this, I will question whether the Democrats and a lot of the bureaucrats in Washington uh, ever had the American people's best interest at heart anyway. Um, were they really concerned with the health of the nation? You know, sometimes you got to ask yourself the question, was that their first concern? Or was their first concern, okay, while we have a crisis here, let's not let it go to waste. Uh, let's do some power grabbing and let's go after freedoms. I mean, that's what it seems. I mean, I'm sorry. When, when a governor's first instinct during a crisis is how can I go after the guns? How can I shut down certain stores? How can I deem one class of people essential and one class non-essential? How can I say it is okay for you to go to the hardware store or the grocery store, but you can't go to uh, maybe an ice cream shop? or, or, or uh, I, I mean... What's essential and what's not essential, and why are we allowing government bureaucrats to determine that? Is your life no not equal anymore? Uh, are there some Americans that uh, are, are at a higher regard than others? Is there no more equal opportunity under the law? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I worded that wrong. But look, I'm on a roll here. Uh, but no, think about it. Is there no more equality? We'd like to talk about equality, but my goodness – now there's there's all this talk about how the virus is picking races. The virus is picking cultures. The virus somehow is figuring out. And and now that I mention that, how how is it that the virus picked out six countries to give the Wuhan? Okay, let me rephrase this. We have of all the deaths that have happened with the Wuhan virus, the coronavirus, COVID nineteen. 75% have happened in six countries. How does the virus know? How did the virus know which six countries were China's biggest uh, competitors? Now, look, I'm not trying to start a conspiracy theory here, but uh, one has to ask. They, they wanted to come and be closer to you. Apparently, little do they know, I'm immune. <laughs> you know, the Wuhan just goes right over my head like everything else. <laughs> so, all right, look, so so we, there are questions that need to be asked. And look, I, I, I'm being a little facetious with it. It is true. Six countries have had 75% of the deaths. So that's that's 75% of the deaths from the coronavirus have happened in six countries. I'm not making that up. Now, am I being facetious about how is the virus targeting? Yes. But you've got a media that's telling you somehow the virus can be racist. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. But Okay, so it, it, we have all that going on and the assault on freedom. I mean, folks, just look around. If if you we, – here we are. We're six weeks past, uh, maybe just over six weeks and we have real data now, and we have to open. If not today, when? Uh, if we don't start getting people back to work, when do we get people back to work? 
And if you are a Democrat and your first inclination isn't, okay, let's work together on getting things reopened. If your first inclination instead is, oh, heck no, we can't open. How dare you talk about reopening? You know, folks, when this first started, they said, we're going to shut down. We want you to shelter in place. Please work with us. Then as soon as we flatten the curve, we're going to get back out. The media was saying that. The doctors were saying that. The bureaucrats were saying that. The Democrats were saying that. The Republicans were saying it. As soon as we flatten the curve, we can start easing restrictions and we'll start going back to work. Well, we flattened the curve. We flattened the curve uh, maybe in four weeks. But then they moved the goalpost. Oh, no, we can't reopen. And now, if you listen to some of the prominent Democrats, they will tell you that we can't reopen until we have a virus. Ladies and uh, I'm seeing, I'm sorry, a vaccine <laughs> until we have a vaccine. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have a vaccine for the common flu. And if you're sitting there throwing yourself on the floor and throwing your arms up in the air right now because you think the CDC said we have a vaccine shot for the flu, okay, we have a flu shot, but we do not have a flu vaccine. If we had a flu vaccine, when you got that shot, you wouldn't have to get it again and again and again. But what do they do every year? We have a different strain, so we're going to give you a different shot. That's not a vaccine, folks. That's a flu shot. Now, maybe it does good, maybe it doesn't. But it's not a vaccine. Uh, we don't have a vaccine for HIV. We don't have a vaccine for SARS. Uh, so what makes you think that we can stay in lockdown and keep this economy shut down until we have a vaccine? That's that's fantasy talk. Uh, that, I mean, unless the unicorn comes over and it, I'm going to be nice. But somehow through its derriere, puts out a vaccine it's just not going to happen in any timely fashion so when you hear democrats telling you oh we need a vaccine we got to stay in place shelter in place we got to keep this the economy locked down and keep you the american people forget the first amendment second amendment third amendment forget any of the constitution because your health and security come first if they're telling you that folks do you really really need to start asking yourself what is their agenda now i know we've been through this before but you've got to ask yourself that so okay i want to get to a timeline here last week show we did uh, a timeline i gave i went down the timeline for the democrats on what they did and how they responded to the coronavirus well when we come back from this break we're going to get into the trump administration's timeline you hang right there we will be right back this is on point with victor america's web radio want to give your family our loved one the perfect gift then go online and check out the tornadobodydryer.com i love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower the tornado body dryer is super you'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, all right. This is On Point with Victor. I am Victor Armendariz. Okay, we're going to get to this timeline, but real quick, I do want to mention, so one of my co-hosts here, uh, or fellow hosts, I should say. He's not a co-host. He's a radio host. He has his own show, General Dix. Uh, we want to wish him the best because he's out there. Uh, he's taken to the front lines. They called him back to duty, and General Dix is helping facilitate some of the logistics involving ventilators. So... Uh, kudos to him, and uh, does a great show. Again, look it up on America's Web Radio. Basically, uh, not just ventilators; it's everything. just everything involved yeah, from with the with, uh, yeah, with the, the P- PPE, you know, and all the things that needs to get out there. General Dix is heading that up, or at least helping. So that's awesome. Uh, so tune into his shows. Um, okay, let's get to this timeline, L- ladies and gentlemen. Last week, I went down and I went date by date from January through through March on what the Democrats were doing, uh, how, what the media was saying about the virus, how Pelosi and Schumer were running around telling people, go, go play, go to Chinatown, go to restaurants. You had health officials in New York telling people to go to the parades. You had Cuomo saying, oh, pack the metro, go outside. You know, they were telling people to do all of these things. This was in January and February. Um, and and Fau- Dr. Fauci. She was even all the way into March telling people that this was not going to be a big deal. Americans didn't need to worry. Uh, I went down all of those things. Quotes, folks. This wasn't my opinion. I was giving you actual dates, actual quotes, and where to find those quotes. We went through that last week. So... This week, I want to tell you what the Trump administration, while Pelosi was running around the streets of San Francisco going, rah, 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 let's go to Chinatown, and why uh, Cuomo and the rest of the people in New York were telling people to go to parades, and you had similar things from the Democrats going on all over the country. You had the media calling Trump a xenophobe, calling Trump a racist. Uh, you had Biden out there telling Trump that he didn't know what uh, he was doing. He was being hard on China. I, I mean, it's it, – look, I don't need to go through it again, but uh, if you didn't hear it last week, then all you got to do is go look Look my pod – every show I do live is podcasted. You can look it up, or you can go to America's Web Radio, and you can see all the archives. Uh, so now let me get into the timeline. Let's get into what uh, the Trump administration – how did they react so let's get into that. So I just went over again how the Democrats reacted. So so let's go to January 6th. January 6th, the CDC warns the American to take precautions if you're traveling to China. January 6th, CDC, hey, take precautions if you're traveling to China. January 8th, the CDC issues an alert about coronavirus. So on January 8th, the CDC started saying, hey, there might be something to see here. On January 20th, the CDC activates its emergency operations center. So that was January 20th. On January 23rd, the State Department orders departure of all non-emergency U.S. personnel and family members to leave Wuhan. The CDC raises travel notices for, for, for China to level three. That was on January 23rd. Now, if you go back to last week... Uh, Dr. Fauci was saying not to worry about it. Dr. Fauci said, if you're young and healthy, go get on that cruise. Uh, Pelosi was saying to get out there, and they were, they were, you know, you can go back and look at the timeline. So 
January 29th. So on January 23rd, the State Department in the within the Trump administration issues the departure of non-emergency U.S. personnel and family members to leave Wuhan and get out of there. Okay. Now, also think about this, folks. While this was going on and we were leading up to January 29th, China shut down all travel from Wuhan. Now, they did this a little bit before. This was, I believe, early January or December. They shut down all Chinese people from or anyone in Wuhan. You couldn't travel to any other part of China. But you know where you could travel? The United States, Europe, Europe. Africa, anywhere else you wanted to travel to and leave Wuhan, you were China was allowing their people to do that, but they weren't allowing them to go anywhere else in China. All right? So you want to get mad at somebody? Get mad at China. You want to run around with a cute little slogan? How about China lied, people died? You, you can run with that one because the media today is trying to tell you Trump lied and people died. How, how sad is it, folks, that you live in a country and you have a political party here and a media that would rather – lie to you and get you to hate your president instead of going after the actual country where the virus was developed and released. Now, I'm not saying they released it on purpose. I'm telling you where it came from. So the virus, whether it was created in a lab or whether it came from a bat, it came from a lab in Wuhan, China. And whether it was released on purpose or it was just happened to be contracted by a lab worker and that then it got out, the fact is it got out. Now, what China did do is they made a conscious decision to let people leave China to go to the United States and Europe and other places. They knew the virus was out there and they knew the virus was going to spread, but they let people leave anyway. All right. So you want to be mad at somebody and blame somebody for these deaths? You, you put those deaths on the feet of China because that's where they belong. All right. So here we go. January 29th. January 29th, President Trump announces the formation of the president's coronavirus task force. That's on January 29th. Okay? Now, on January 29th, I don't need to remind you again what Fauci was saying. I don't need to remind you again what the Pelosi was doing, what Schumer was doing, what Cuomo was doing. Because they weren't announcing task force. They were telling people to go out in the streets and enjoy themselves. January 31st. The HHS Secretary Alzar declares the United States a U.S. public health emergency for COVID-19. Trump signed a proclamation barring entry from to the U.S. from most foreign nationals who traveled to China within the past 14 days. All right, folks, here's where that travel ban came into effect. January 31st, President Trump, not Speaker Pelosi, not Senator Schumer, not Governor Cuomo, not I used to be the vice president, but I forgot where I am today, Biden. No, no. The president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, issued a travel ban. And what did he get in response from the Democrats and from the media? You're a xenophobe. You're a racist. And you're all, I mean, he got called all kinds of names, folks. And look, some of you that are my Democrats friends out there, you were all too willing to jump on board and call this man a racist again and a xenophobe and everything else you were calling him before. So that was January 31st when that travel ban went into effect. Now, think about this. Imagine where we would be today had Donald J. Trump not issued that travel ban on January 31st. Imagine where we would be today. Imagine the, the, the number of cases we would have, the, the number of deaths we would have. 
then one of those models might have actually been close to being right because none of the models were close to being right. None of the models that, that they use to shut down and cause you to stay sheltered in place, none of them have been close to being right. But uh, had we not done the travel ban, had President Trump not issued the travel ban on January 31st, maybe the models would have been more right. I don't know. But look, folks, you cannot sit there unless you want to forego all your common sense, all of your logic, all of your critical thinking. If you want to forego that, which if you support today's Socialist Democrat Party, you already have foregone all those things. But if you're sitting there today and you're, you tell me that you're an independent – and you want to blame Trump, then you're just losing your common sense. You've lost your logic. You've lost your critical thinking because I've already documented for you what the Democrats were saying. They were telling you to go out in the streets and play. Donald Trump was issuing a travel ban. That was the 31st, January. Now, February 2nd, the State Department issues a travel advisory for China. February 4th, the FDA issues emergency U.S. authorization for the CDC to use in vitro diagnostic tests. So they authorized. So this was February 4th. The Trump administration, the FDA, issues emergency United States authorization for the CDC in vitro diagnostic testing. President Trump also on February 4th, that night, there was a little thing called the State of the Union where President Trump mentions the coronavirus uh, during his speech. Now, let me pause here. What were the Democrats doing at this point? Not one of them mentioned uh, COVID-19. No. What they were doing on February 4th that night is trying to figure out how to convince you that Trump gave a bad State of the Union speech and that we needed to go do impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. That's what they were doing, folks. You think they were worried about your health? You think they were worried about your well-being? Because we had a crisis developing with a virus. And, 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 and Pelosi, instead of thinking about the people while she was grandstanding and tearing up the State of the Union uh, speech right on camera for everyone to see her little grandstand temper tantrum moment. That was the night of the State of the Union. Uh, so we have a crisis brewing. We have a travel ban that's already begun, thanks to President Trump. We have the FDA. Uh, under the Trump administration uh, that uh, authorized CDC's in vitro diagnostic testing. The team is being assembled. And what's Pelosi and the Democrats doing? Tearing up speeches and talking impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. Yeah. Sounds like they have your your well-being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like Trump's responsible for deaths. Yeah. Uh-huh. So February 24th, the White House asked Congress for $1.25 billion in new funding to help with the Wuhan COVID-19 virus response. $1.25 billion on February 24th. That is what the Trump administration asked for and started to get pushed rapidly through Congress. Okay. The Democrats didn't come out and say, hey, let's get – you know, the Democrats have never seen a spending bill they don't like. Uh, there's never enough money that can be spent according to the Democrats and the media. But not once, not ever did they say, hey, we might need some money here to combat this uh, this virus crisis. They didn't say this in February. Mm-hmm. President Trump and the White House said this on February 24th and pushed for that $1.25 billion. Uh, so – That was February 24th. February 26th, Vice President Pence was named to lead the government's response team. Now ask yourself on February 26th, what were the Dems and the media doing? 
did they jump on board in a bipartisan fight uh, for the well-being of the American people? Hmm. I, I think not. So, look, let's take the next break. We're going to take the bottom of the hour break here, and then I'm going to come back to it. And I'll remind you what the Democrats are doing. Don't you worry. All right, folks, you stay right there. We will be right back. This is On Point with Victor, America's Web Radio. You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and every family will save thousands of dollars a year. I'm Ellen Deal, and if you've been hurt by the Affordable Care Act, you can email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com to see if we can help. Small business owners, individuals, families, and baby boomers, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com for three easy questions to determine if you can get away from Obamacare. I'm a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry and here to help you for all your insurance needs. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Want to remind everybody that you can uh, give to the reward for the information and arrest and conviction of the folks, the vandals that uh, tore up the Johns Creek healing wall, which is a replica of the Vietnam Veterans Wall in Washington, D.C. Just send your contribution to America's Web Radio. Uh, and we will take it from there, or you don't have to. You can send in a pledge. Whatever you want to do, it's fine with us. We've started it, and we're, by golly, going to finish it one way or the other. The other reminder is, on May the 7th, we've got Dr. Nicole Sapphire from Fox & Friends coming in. Not coming in, but she's going to be calling in from her New York... uh, Apartment and uh, talking about her book, Let's Make America Healthy Again. And um, she may be even talking about a little bit about uh, meditation, like she uh, derudas every Friday, our Kung Fu master. So we've got the most unique schedule and programming of any radio station in the country. So with that being said, let's get back. We're back, folks, and thanks to Legendary Dave for those messages. <laughs> All right. So back on February 26th, Pence, Vice President Pence is named uh, to lead the government's response team, to lead the COVID virus response team. And my question to you before the break was, did the Democrats all line up in a bipartisan effort? Because at this point, we see, we knew, and they knew that we have a problem on our hands. Now, did they line up? 
at the at the uh, when we got the task force team, Vice President Pence is leading it. Did the Democrats line up and say, "Okay, we must have a bipartisan uh, uh, attack and response to save American lives"? Did they do that? Heck no, they didn't do that. <laughs> Who are you kidding? I mean, do you think I'm CNN here? Uh, CNN will tell you they did that, but they didn't. Victor, uh, you, Victor, you, you, let Rover come up. Do you remember when we used to hold arms like that and you'd be in a circle or something? Red Rover, Red Rover. <laughs> and uh, you'd call a name out and they are supposed to go and see if yep. they could. That's the demo. And oh. that, that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and uh, there uh, Pelosi uh, She Yeah, right. And, 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 but, but that's the point. They... They didn't go running to help in a bipartisan effort. Uh, no. They immediately started attacking Vice President Pence. Just because he was leading the task force and he was appointed by President Trump, they started attacking Pence as if they were attacking Trump. Now, this ought to be a lesson to you, and I've told you this before, folks. I don't care who would have won the presidency. Had it not been Trump, had it been Rubio, he would have been the, the worst Hispanic ever. Had it been Cruz, he would have been the worst Cuban ever. Had it been uh, any of them, even that 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 uh, turncoat Kasich, they would have been doing the same thing to him. Uh, that's That's – that's the way the Democratic Party works today. When they don't have power, they're going to attack and impugn and try and destroy whoever is in power. Uh, that's just a fact. They, they proved it year after year. But uh, so okay, so so we have the task force. February twenty sixth, Pence's name to lead it. And what did the Democrats do? Did they jump on board and say we need a team effort here to save lives? Nope, they don't. They start attacking Pence. They start uh, disparaging Pence. They start. Coming up and, and dredging up stories, and and they're made up stories of of how he mishandled uh, Indiana. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous what the Democrats did. Not anything to better help or 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 give aid to the American people. No, they just wanted to destroy a man uh, because he's associated with a task force that was put together by President Trump. And mind you, the task force. That was out there with Fauci and and Dr. Burks and the rest of them, uh, who we hope have the American people's health in mind. Oh, but not the Democrats. It's not the Democrats. I'm sorry, folks. The Democrats are going to put power acquisition ahead of your health every single time. Uh, I'm just sorry. The crisis is just too good of a chance to not expand power. That is your today's Socialist Democrat Party. You can hate me if you want. You can yell at me if you want. You can throw yourself on the floor and squabble around like a child. Uh, you can jump up and down and wave your hands in the air. I'm right, and you're wrong. <laughs> so, so, look, folks, I, I tell you all the time, I'm not mad. I'm just right. All right, so February 27th. February 27th, Dr. Burks is announced as the White House Coronavirus uh, Response Coordinator. Uh, on February 29th, travel restrictions extend to Iran, South Korea, and Italy. Uh, there's also on February 29th a new FDA policy to expand corona testing. All of this was going on. Now, folks, this is February 29th, okay? The, the Trump administration expanded the travel ban. 
and they also uh, guided the FDA or had the FDA issue a new policy to expand corona testing. That was February 29th. You go look back at my show last week and, and remind yourselves what the Democrats were doing on February 29th. What was Dr. Fauci saying on February 29th? Just, just go do it. <laughs> you need only go to my, my the archives and see my show from last week. Now, March 2nd. March 2nd, President Trump presses the drug industry to help contain the coronavirus. So I took you from January all the way to March 2nd, and I just showed you how the Trump administration, what they were doing behind the scenes. They didn't have CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC, PBS, NPR. They didn't have them to cheer the every move of the Trump administration. They No, not like the Democrats did. They didn't have that. But what was going on behind the scenes was everything I just told you. The task force being implemented, uh, the FDA being allowed to expand corona testing, $1.25 billion being uh, uh, set forth to, to combat this response. Uh, I mean, just the travel ban. All of these things were being done. Donald Trump didn't go out there asking for recognition. He was just doing it. All the while, all the wild, he was being badgered by a fake impeachment. He was being called a racist. He was being called a xenophobe. He was called orange man bad. He was being told that he's the worst thing and worst and, – and I mean, I, I can't even come up with all the adjectives that they were using. That's what the Democrats are doing. That's what the media was doing. But what was the Trump administration doing? They were actually doing things and setting things in motion to try and actually really help the health and well-being of the American people. And the Democrats today and the media, it is driving me crazy because even yesterday and through the weekend, they are pushing the same narrative, trying to convince you that Donald Trump dropped the ball, that Donald Trump dragged his feet, that Donald Trump caused it a hoax. Never once, not ever, 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 ever did Donald Trump call this a hoax. He called the reporting a hoax. Uh, and now you've got them pushing this whole bit about Trump told people to drink bleach. Not once... Not ever, ever, ever did Donald J. Trump tell anyone to drink bleach. Go read the transcript for yourself. You can take it out of context and do what CNN did. You can come up with your own uh, things of what he said and lie. But if you look at the transcript and listen to the video or the audio, he never once, ever, 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 ever told people to go drink bleach. It's not what he did, folks. But... So many people out there are being told by CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NPR, all of them, all the way up until yesterday. Still people, out, so-called reporters out there telling you that Donald Trump told people to drink bleach and Lysol. It's pretty crazy. Pretty darn crazy. So... I know, I know, I know. I sound fired up and passionate, but again, I'm not mad. I'm just right. So I I want to take a second, folks, before I move on. I, I want to I want to move on and ask you a few questions. But I did have, uh, you know, I always like to get to listener questions. So I want I do want to get to a listener question here that came up. But I also want to take a second and mention uh, the other day I I stopped and visited a place called uh, Appalachian Gun and Pawn. And this is up, if you're in Georgia, and I'm going to bring this a little local, uh, because On Point with Victor comes is out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Sandy Springs, Georgia, to be actual, uh, to be honest. Um, 
There is a place. I was up uh, heading up to the mountains, Jasper, Georgia. If you're familiar with Jasper, Georgia, those of you out there, if you're a gun owner, a gun lover, and like to go shoot or whatever, or a Second Amendment lover, uh, Appalachian Gun and Pawn, what a cool place. I got to say, very cool place. And I hope soon to have uh, one of the owners on and talk about, uh, actually, you know, just talk about the business, talk about the shooting. Uh, maybe we'll do it on Locked and Loaded with Roger B. Uh, but uh, but a very neat place that I visited, so it was very awesome. So look it up. It's pretty cool. If you're in Georgia, you should go visit. Uh, a, it's a good drive. B, there's guns, guns, and more guns, and so much cool things. They even have a cannon, a workable cannon. It's really, really cool. So, All right, let me get to this listener question. So this listener question came in uh, and asked about, and, and this is this is a little bit off topic, but it's still on topic, so to speak. Um, they're asking, do I think Michelle Obama will accept the vice president role and run with uh, with Biden? Look, if Biden has, uh, if Biden wants to have the shortest presidency ever, if he were to get elected, if he wants to have the shortest presidency ever, then yes, he should ask Michelle Obama. Because let me tell you, they will have the 25th Amendment ready to go on day one. He'll be inaugurated at 1201. He will be ousted at 1202. It will be the shortest presidency in the history of this country. So um, now do I think Michelle would do it? Here's my gut reaction. Um, do I think it would be a formidable ticket? Yeah, basically, you would be running. Trump would be running against Michelle. There would be no Biden. It would be the first campaign where the sticker would say Biden Obama, but the campaign would be Obama, 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 and Biden. They would push Biden as I mean, boy, you want to see Biden vanish back to his quarantine basement and have Michelle be the only one on the campaign trail? That's what you would see for the first time in history. The vice president would be campaigning for the presidency. Um, it would be pretty funny to watch. I don't want it to happen. I just think it'd be fun to watch. Um, my my instinct, yeah, it'd be a formidable ticket, uh, just because of her name recognition. Um, do I think she would win? You know, I think she'd have more trouble than she thinks. Uh, you know, if you look back in 2016, every just about every candidate that Barack Obama got behind, President Obama got behind, uh, they lost. So he doesn't really hold a whole lot of weight when it comes to uh, endorsing candidates. Uh, so they may want to think twice before they ask her. But, but yeah, she'd probably be formidable. Uh, my gut instinct is she won't do it. you got to understand something here, folks. The Obamas are typical Democrats who went from uh, not being rich to being extremely wealthy just because the taxpayers allowed them to sit in that White House. They went from not a lot to... Working for the people, and I'm using air quotes if you're not watching me live, for working for the people to becoming millionaires off the backs of the taxpayers. They are now multi-millionaires. The house that they just built, several, 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 several millions of dollars. That's your Obamas. So you got to ask yourself logically, do you think Michelle Obama wants to come out of her newfound riches – her elitist lifestyle. Folks, if you think the Obamas live like you do, you are so wrong. If you think Pelosi, look, Pelosi has a $24,000 refrigerator in her house. Do you? Pelosi has a freezer full of little cups of ice cream that are $13 or more per cup all over her freezer. Do you? Pelosi has a 10-foot wall around her house. Do you? The Obamas have a big wall around their house. Do you? 
The Obamas have private airplanes they can jump to at the whim. They just pick up the phone, get my plane ready. <laughs> can you do that? So think about it. Michelle sitting there and, and the Obamas are living with their newfound riches. Do you think she wants – now, look, if things were rosy and, and this economy, if we didn't shut this economy down and we were cranking down the road like we were with this awesome Trump economy, then she might, she might, would, she might have run because then she could have easily set in for four years and let Trump's economy go. Now, granted, they would have reversed course, but she would have blamed someone else. But if you think she's going to come out of her riches and her elitist lifestyle to take on the problem that we have now of rebuilding an economy, you think she wants that headache? You think she wants to turn gray because she's going to inherit a crisis recession? I just don't think that the Obamas want to do that. I don't think Michelle wants to do that. So so my gut instinct says she's not going to do it. So, all right, folks, we've got to take another break. Man, I don't know where the time's going, but we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, I'm going to get into a few more uh, topics, uh, the topic rundown with On Point with Victor. This is America's Web Radio. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to On Point with Victor. And let's just jump right back into some things. So I left you with the timeline. We went over the timeline. And uh, I, look, uh, I, I, there is no ambiguity. There is, unless you're just stuck in a box or you're such a Democrat sycophant uh, that you just won't open your mind or open your eyes. Um, it's clear. It is clear that the Trump administration reacted to this crisis and the Democrats and the media were telling you to ignore it. And, oh, by the way, we've got to impeach. And, oh, by the way, uh, Trump's a racist and a xenophobe. So, I mean, it's all there. The facts are there, folks. I don't care if you don't like Orange Man bad. I really don't. I really, really don't. But you cannot sit there just because you support the letter D and you're married to it and 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 just absorb these lies and blame one man in his administration – because he's the only one that did something. I mean, from January to March, he was the only one that was actually doing something. So, look, the proof is there. And if, if you can't handle it, then I don't know what I can do for you. But now I want to move on a little bit. I want, I want to talk a little bit real quick about uh, reopening this economy. You know, I started out the show a little bit about – or I asked you this – 
if you're a Democrat, if you are an, a Democrat elected official, if you're the media, and the conversation of reopening the economy comes up, and you immediately shoot it down, you don't even want to have a conversation. You want everything shut down. You know, folks, don't you find it odd that everyone out there on TV, every elected official, every media person, every so-called expert – who's out there screaming, saying, we must keep the American people in their homes. We must keep this economy shut down. All of them are getting paid. None of them have lost their job. Find me a government worker that's lost their job. Find me one. Find me a government worker that's uh, losing their pay, not getting paid. Every one of these so-called experts out there, every one of these ridiculous representatives, including AOC and her gang, all of them are getting paid, folks. They're getting paid by your tax dollars. While there are 30 million, about 30 million Americans out of work, livelihoods being destroyed. There are people who are living paycheck to paycheck who have no paycheck now. So how do you think they're living? Uh, there are – you know what, folks? You can drive by a corona testing site, and there's no line, maybe one car. Go find yourself a food bank. And look at the line of Americans that are asking for help. Look at the line of Americans that are asking for food from a food bank because they don't have a job anymore. And, oh, maybe they're waiting for their government check. But you know what? That check hasn't arrived yet. Or maybe for some reason they're not allowed to have a government check. So they have no income. How are they going to live, folks? Oh, but we're supposed to listen to all of you out there who have jobs. We're supposed to listen to all of you who are getting paid. Yeah, folks, it's easy. It's easy to tell people stay at home when you're getting paid and they're not. You need to keep that in mind, folks. Have some empathy. So we need to get this economy going. We've got to open up. We're going to lose more people to poverty than we're going to lose to this virus. So we've got to get things reopened. So let's talk about let's let's talk about uh, some some facts here. You know, we're we're about I said it before. We're about six weeks now, maybe just over six weeks and there's some good news out there. There's real data, on the ground, real data, real science. You Democrats love to talk about science. Well, we have real data and real science now about how this virus is not as deadly as they thought it was. All the models are wrong. But you know what? You're not hearing all this good news being reported. You're just hearing the models still being reported. The government and I and I I will say this about the task force too. I'm a little upset with the Trump task force also. Because instead of looking at the real on the ground data, the real science, the the real life data that we know now that's happened because we have 6 weeks plus worth, instead of adjusting now and reopening based on Real data, we're still doing things based on the models. That's pretty messed up, in my opinion. But uh, but anyway, look, there's good news to be reported. You're not hearing it. So let me go over a few things. We're learning that the virus isn't nearly as deadly as we thought it was. And look, all of us thought it was going to be deadly. All of us were told the models. We were shown the models. We were told by everyone. So we all believed it. Nothing wrong with that, folks. Uh, when this first hit, we didn't know. China was lying to us. The World Health Organization was lying to us. Everyone involved with the Wuhan China COVID coronavirus was lying about it. So once we started seeing the impact here, uh, yeah, you know what? It was, I'm not knocking the, I will knock the models, but I'm not knocking everybody feeling and fear that this was going to be much deadlier. 
But now we know it's not. Now we have the data. We have over six weeks of real data. And this virus, folks, it just isn't as deadly as we thought it was going to be. And that's good news. You should be happy. You shouldn't be sitting there going, oh, Victor, you're just making that up. Oh, Victor, no, no, the models are saying. No, I don't care what the models are saying. Because reality is this virus is not as deadly, and we should all be thankful and happy that it's not as deadly as we thought it was going to be. Now, another good news. The hospitals never collapsed. Even in New York, the hospitals never collapsed. Uh, outside of a few, you know, tiny number of places, we, they never came close to collapsing. Now, there were, again, there were a couple of outbreak areas where they did get close to capacity, but they didn't get to capacity. And on the overall whole of the country, hospitals never collapse. Now, let me tell you something, folks. Hospitals are going to be on the verge. There are some now getting close to collapsing, not because of the coronavirus, because of the shutdown. Because we stopped elective uh, uh, surgeries, because people can't go get checkups, because people might – there are people out there that might have tumors that are going undiscovered right now because of these shutdowns. So now hospitals are laying off doctors. They're laying off nurses. And why? Why? Because we have a shutdown. The coronavirus is not as deadly as we thought. The hospitals are not collapsing. We need to open these hospitals up. And now, thankfully, in some states they are. But there are some states that aren't doing that. So there are hospital beds going unused, doctors going unused, nurses going unused. They're going to be furloughed. They're going to be laid off. And you know who doesn't seem to have a problem with this? Your Democrat Party. They'd much just be happy and much rather see you dependent on the government. Somehow, some government program... Instead of having your job back. It's pretty messed up, folks. Pretty messed up. But we're hurting the hospitals now with a shutdown. We are. I'm sorry. It's just true. That's the fact. Um, now, uh, so I told you COVID's not as bad, not as deadly as we thought. Hospitals never collapse. Instead, something remarkable happened, folks. Something really, really remarkable happened. Um, Really, really, I mean, when you look at it without parallel in American history, the opposite happened. Thanks to the lockdowns, um, just what I said, because of the lockdowns, instead of the hospitals collapsing under a virus, they're going to collapse under a shutdown. And that's pretty, that is remarkable. I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible. But uh, but that's what's happening right now. So so kudos to the states that are starting to open. Kudos to the states that are starting to let hospitals get back to work. Because A, we need the hospitals. B, there are people out there who are going to need help. There are people out there with undiscovered tumors. There are people out there with underlying issues that they need to get back into their doctors. It's just that's just a fact, folks. Um, okay, so. Um, these, uh, how do I put this? The politicians uh, that, that, that ban the so-called non-essential procedures. Why on earth? Who is a politician to tell a hospital or a doctor what's essential and what is non-essential? Do you want some two-bit bureaucrat making rules that a hospital has to follow? It is ridiculous, folks. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I don't care if it's Republicans or Democrats. No politicians should be telling the hospitals what to do at this point. The hospitals, the doctors should be making their own decisions. And they can deem what's essential and what's non-essential in their hospital. Not bureaucrats. Not, for damn sure, not the Democrat Party. But I don't want the establishment Republican Party telling doctors what to do either. So... That that's where we are right now, folks. Uh, that I, I I just I can't put it any other way. Look, folks, we're coming up 
uh, to the end of the show, and I, I just I got one more thing I want to say. I I am the type of American that is looked at as as the worst enemy to the Democrats, to the media, to the Washington establishment, to the bureau, uh, to the establishment bureaucrats. Uh, I'm a freedom loving, liberty loving, flag waving American who is educated by books. But I'm also educated by life experiences, common sense, and logic. Logic and common sense that I'll use on a daily basis. Uh, Life experience that guides me. Critical thinking that I'm not afraid to engage in. And I also have the audacity to think for myself and push back against the elitist leaders. Oh, and look, folks, that is a big no-no. No, no, no. We can't be doing that. You see, folks... I'm an enemy to the power crowd that is Washington. I'm an enemy to the crowd that is the elitist in Washington. You see, if there's too many of me, well, then the unbridled power over you and the establishment bureaucrats, that that power they so desperately seek is going to be challenged. It'll be challenged by the me's of the world. We can't have that. And there's nothing on this planet to fear more than a group of Americans who stand together and cling to their freedoms Cling to the liberties. Cling to God, family, friends, the Constitution. And you know what? We'll use the power of our vote. That is a power that the Democrats can't stand. Some establishment Republicans can't stand. Think about it, folks. Why do so many politicians fear a well-informed, freedom-loving, Constitution-loving, God-fearing, family-friend-loving populace? Why do they fear it? Think about it, folks. We'll discuss it next week. All right, folks, stay tuned for Locked and Loaded with Roger B. I might even stay around just to, I don't know, kick Roger in the side a little bit and have some fun. (laughs) So, all right, folks, stay tuned. Locked and Loaded's coming up, and uh, we'll be back next week. I cannot wait. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.